Welcome to North Bay Christ the King. You're listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11 o'clock at our campus location in Birch Bay, Washington. Thank you for tuning in. I'm also one of the pastors here, and uh, today we're going to be wrapping up our series called Everything We Need. Over the last six weeks, we've been talking about how we have everything we need in Christ, and so today we are going to look at the cross in light of it being everything that we need. Um, We all have defining moments in our lives. We, I know, and we all have nails in our hands. See, we're all getting these nails. I forgot we're going to do this, so um, I can keep going, you know. Uh, We all have defining moments in our lives. We all have moments that change the course of our future, whether that be a move, a birth, a death. Uh, We have moments that change everything for us, change, change our trajectory completely. Our defining moments are usually filled with emotion, and that could be uh, joy, sadness, bittersweetness. I don't know if that's a word, but I'm claiming it. Um, but w- these emotions that we have, they're filled, or th- these moments are filled with emotion. Uh, there was a defining moment in my life that, that uh, many of you have experienced, and that was my wedding day. And I was excited to get married, but I was also really, really anxious. Anybody else really anxious on their wedding day? Um, really anxious. On the day of my wedding, I had a friend come up to me and tell me this. He said, hey, Tyler, you know, I, I got a place you could go lie low for a while if you want to. And I looked at him and I just shook. And I said, uh, no, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. But he offered for me to, to uh, leave the moment and to go uh, lay low because the, the pressure was was so intense. And I think if we're honest, we wrestle with all sorts of different thoughts when we come up to those defining moments. Like, am I really making the right choice? Um, Am I ready for this next step, this level of commitment? Uh, Am I ready to give up watching NBA games to watch HGTV? Uh, Anybody struggle with that? You know, those are the real issues, guys, that we struggle with. Um, But we all have to come to a point where we say, you know what, this is it. I'm all in. And so as I stood and and Bonnie and I exchanged vows, we made a a point in that moment to say, this is it. We're all in. You know, there was a point like that for God. And it was the cross. It was the defining moment, not just for God, but for all of history, If you even look at our calendar, you see the letters B.C. and A.D. that that, uh, history is defined as before Christ, before that moment, and and after death, after that moment of death. Our calendar is wrapped around uh, the death of Christ. It's the moment that carries the most weight and the most impact in history. But unlike a wedding, it's not a joyful moment. It's not a joyful moment, it's an extremely sorrowful moment. It's an excruciatingly difficult moment for us to look at. See, the, the Romans were experts at execution, and they had come together and devised the most intense way to kill someone uh, in history. 
Um, first, they scourged the body, Jesus' body, with whips, with leaded tips that would rip the flesh off. And then they would, would hang that body on a cross against a splintery timber that would, that would rip at the flesh. And then these nails, like the ones that you have in your hand, only much, much bigger, would be pounded into wrists and ankles in, in pain centers in the body. And not only that, it was a painfully drawn out death. He'd be hanging up there for hours, and he wouldn't die from pain, but from suffocation as he couldn't lift his body to breathe, and he would eventually exhaust himself and die. It was a statement from the Roman government that said, don't mess with us. And uh, that is the moment that, that God invites us into, this moment of crucifixion, this moment of death. He invites us to this place where we behold the the Savior who loves us, who came for us, brutalized and ripped apart on the cross. And that's the moment that God says to us, this is it. I'm all in. I want to go to John 19, and we're going to look at the the moment of moments here. We're going to look at the moment that Jesus died. He had been there for hours, suffering on the cross. And we're going to come to verse 28. This is John 19, 28. It says, After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said, I thirst. And a jar full of sour wine stood there. So they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to its mouth. And when Jesus received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. So right as he dies, Jesus proclaims, it is finished. It's finished. Can you imagine the the intensity of that moment as Jesus is hanging there? And today what I want to look at together is what is finished. What did Jesus finish on the cross? When, when we say he gives us everything he needs, what, what does that mean when he says it is finished? What is finished specifically for us? You know, it says a lot was finished. Scripture was fulfilled in this moment. But there's a specific thing that was finished for us. We have a, a specific problem in humanity. It's a universal problem that we all have, and it's suffering. We all have this problem of suffering. It's this universal tension that we wrestle with. It's true to every culture and every stream of thought. You know, for example, in in Buddhism, the first tenet of Buddhism is that all life is suffering. Um, A philosopher, Friedrich Nietzsche, an atheist, he said, to live is to suffer. And then if you listen to country music, you just hear (laughs) suffering throughout it, especially the old stuff. I had to throw that in there. But suffering is a a constant reality. Life is is full of pain. And as you get older, um, and I'm not very old, but as the more you live, the more you experience loss. You experience suffering. Um, Bonnie and I just came back from a funeral of a friend of hers, uh, who had committed suicide. And we were in a room full of suffering. Nothing was resolved in that room. We, we, we met the, the wife and the daughter 
and the parents. And, and as we're sitting in this room, people are suffering because of this loss. And there, there's not, we, we, we didn't feel any resolution. And the longer we live, the more we see that life is suffering. So scripture reveals that this is the problem that we can't solve. The problem that we can't solve is that we suffer. But we don't just suffer. We suffer apart from God. That's the suffering that we experience is because we have chosen to live apart from God. We've chosen to live apart from God. And we all share this in common. Um, in God, there is life. And then outside of God, there is death. When Adam and Eve chose, we'll go our own way, God. We'll do our own thing. They said, God, leave us alone. And in God's justice, he left this curse of sin and death. And because of that, we have to work and strive and live in a world um, that's full of, of suffering because we chose our own way. So suffering is a relationship problem that needs a solution. Our suffering is a relationship problem that needs a solution. When we choose our own way, we tell God to, to get out of the way, but the problem with that is that his way is life and that our own way is self-destructive. Our own way leads to death. So when we tell him that we want to be our own boss, uh, we're on a bad path. The world reflects human lordship, human control. You see this in, in tragedies and, and we see this in corruption and terrorism, war, school shootings. I mean, left to ourselves, we mess everything up and we earn death. As Romans 6 says, it says the wages of sin is death. So we're all stuck with this curse. And because of this curse, we carry some large burdens. We carry large burdens. We carry the burdens of mistakes. We carry the burden of mistakes around with us. Uh, we all live in regret from choosing our own way. We, uh, we, we have uh, mistakes that we make, and mistakes are really our weaknesses exposed. You know, when, when we find, uh, uh, when, we, when we, we feel the shame of, of having a weakness exposed, it hurts. You know, when, when um, you know, and that, that doesn't have to be anger or addiction. That could be spending money unwisely. That could be how, how I, and, and that's one that I've had, is spending money unwisely. And I, I, anytime I do that, I have to give that to God and say, God, I haven't been a good steward of what you've given me. I've made a mistake. And we feel embarrassment in that moment. We feel shame. So we have mistakes and we have hurts. Um, because we live in an imperfect world, uh, we hurt each other. And we carry around these hurts, these emotional wounds um, from the past and the present. And when we're hurt emotionally, it questions our value as a person. And we suffer from that. And without God's intervention, we can harbor that bitterness for years and for years. We also carry fear. We carry fear. Fear holds us back from, from living into what God wants us to live into. Fear holds us back from pursuing God with a complete uh, and utter abandon and just running after him. It's that fear that causes us to go inward instead of going outward. 
and not fully experience the life that God wants us to experience. So we carry mistakes around, we carry hurts around, we carry fears around. And they hold us back from experiencing the life that God wants us to experience, a life that's connected to him. One of our problems is we think that we can fix this ourselves. Um, when I was a kid, when I was seven, um, I decided I'd get, get a cookie from the top of the refrigerator. And so I, I got a, a ladder up and I, I reached for a cookie. And when I did that, I knocked my mother's favorite vase over onto the floor and it smashed into a bunch of pieces. It was this beautiful vase with a ceramic rose on the front. <laughs> I was afraid of what was coming. Here it was in a bunch of pieces and and I was like, what am I going to do? I've made this mess. I can't fix it. And then I thought, yes, yes, I can. So I asked my mom, hey, mom, can, I, can we just glue this thing back together? And that's the common response, right? Uh, hey, I know this is broken, but what if I get a, a tube of Elmer's glue and we just, we just put this thing back together? That doesn't work, right? <laughs> But that's what we try to do with our lives. We have, we have our little tube of Elmer's glue and we want to we try to fix the vase that's been broken. We want to fix the, uh, the mess that we've made, but we, we can't. We ne- it never works. And so that's why God had to intercede for us. That's why God had to step in and do something. That's why God had to take this on because we can't, can't do it. We can't fix the mess that we've created. We need help. And so God's solution to our problem was this. He said, let me handle it. Let me handle it. Let me handle it. Let me take this mess that you've created, and because I love you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it. I'm going to handle it. So God takes all of our suffering, all of our sin, and he places it on Jesus on the cross. As he suffers and dies for us, he gave it all to Jesus. I want to read to you Isaiah from the the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament. Um, Before Jesus even came on the scene, the prophet Isaiah uh, foretold of his coming. He he spoke the truth of the gospel before Jesus uh, even came on the scene. And this is what Isaiah 53, 4 says. It says, Surely he has borne our griefs. And carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. That's the work of the cross. That's the work of a loving God who wants to fix the mess. That we've created. Jesus owns our problem completely on the cross. Jesus owns our problem of suffering apart from God completely on that cross. It's by his suffering that we experience healing. He's the only one being fully God and fully man that could cover that that sin for us, the problem and the curse of sin and death and suffering. And when he cried out, it is finished, it was really, really finished. We can count on it. 
what can we add to the cross? We, we bring our tubes of Elmer's glue and, and we say, oh yeah, I can fix this. But what can we really add to the cross? Nothing. There's nothing we can do. Uh, that we can't attend church enough times. We can't be a part of a, a, enough uh, small groups. We can't do enough good stuff in the community to take before the cross. The cross, it's, it's, it's complete. Jesus said, it is finished. He doesn't need our work. We just receive at the cross. We just receive at the cross and he gives us new life. And because of what he finished on the cross, Jesus can offer us this solution freely. We're no longer separated and and have to suffer apart from God. We're now connected to God and we get a walk in relationship with him. I want to complete that verse in Romans 6. Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. It's a free gift at the cross. There's nothing you can do to earn it. Uh, There's no amount uh, that you can add to it. You just get to go and soak in the grace of God and be transformed. I hope what that does is that brings relief to you this morning. That you can go to the cross and soak in the grace of God and be transformed. We don't work up to it, but we start there. Soaking in the grace of God in this painful moment. Because the moment of Jesus' pain is the moment of our greatest relief. That we don't have to carry around this weight anymore. We don't have to carry around the mistakes and the hurt anymore. You know, what a relief I felt when my mom said, you know what, I know you broke this, but it's okay. I forgive you. All of the anxiety that I had felt about breaking this beautiful vase, my mom's favorite vase, was, was wiped away by forgiveness. And because of the, Jesus' death on the cross, God says, extends that forgiveness to us and says, it's okay, I've covered it. I've covered it for you. And so we can stop our striving And we can just soak at the cross. Are you looking for relief this morning? Are there burdens that you're carrying? Is there a mistake that is defining you that you need to let go? Is there a hurt that's defining you? Is there a fear that's defining you this morning? I want you to know this. I want you to know that the cross can handle it. Whatever it is. The cross can handle it. Whatever you're struggling with this morning, the cross can handle it. It can can deal with it there. You're invited into that place to lay it down and be changed there. And it doesn't matter how many times that you come back. The cross can handle it. Whatever you did yesterday, you can leave in yesterday and and live, live free today. The cross is where God said to us, to you, I'm all in on you. Are you all in on me? Like that moment where I was standing with my bride ready to get married and make this commitment, the cross is that sign of God's extreme commitment and love to us, that I'm all in on you. Are you going to be all in on me? Give me everything that you have. Give me, give me your pain, your burdens. 
but you, I want you to be all in on me. And that's faith. That's when we go all in. That's when we lay it all down, knowing that he can take care of it. Because that's God's answer to our suffering is the cross, is through the suffering of Christ, uh, we can experience freedom from suffering. And someday we'll experience freedom from suffering in the presence of God himself. So I want you to reflect this morning on where you're at. What, what burdens are you carrying from yesterday that you need to leave at the cross today? What are you holding on to that God is telling you to let go? What are the hurts and fears mistakes that you need to leave there because whatever burden that you're carrying the cross can handle god i just uh i just pray for us today as we transition into a time of communion god that you would um be close to us god that you would help us to reflect on on what we're doing god on who you are and i pray that you would continue to speak to us in jesus name